Jesus Christ, goddamn, Jesus Christ, goddamn. The amount of stuff that we done witnessed today on 02-25-2021. It's amazing. We done seen Kyle Lowry leave Toronto after a good 12, 13 years. Allegedly. He allegedly was traded. Now, we don't know how true this is. It was a post put out on Twitter that was referred from Shams that Kyle Lowry was being traded. I personally do not think this is true. But we're going to cover it as if it was true. Because this is a great scenario. We've seen him go to the Philadelphia Sixers. The Sixers send back Danny Green, who is eventually going to get traded for a younger wing. And they get Tyrese Maxey, who's a good backup for Fred Van Vliet. Then we got the Brooklyn Nets, who just went on an eight-game win streak. Tonight made eight games. Kyrie is excited right now. Like, he's exhilarated. i never seen that nigga more happier than today. Even when he won that ring, he wasn't as happier than he was today to go on the eight-game win streak. That shit was crazy. James Harden, he found his happy place on the Brooklyn Nets. He's averaging a triple-double. He actually made history. He made history yesterday and today. And that's for averaging the most triple doubles on that team. So he's basically setting a whole new trend on the Nets right now. Like, and it's crazy because will this shit last? But anyway, Ben Simmons said he was the best defensive player in the league. That's a lie. In the game versus Toronto, he had one steal, zero blocks. In the second game versus Toronto, he had zero steals, one block. In a game versus Dallas, which was tonight, he had two steals and one block. And he's averaging two steals and one block for the 2020-2021 season. So y'all tell me, how can he be the best defender? And last but not least, Derrick Rose went 7-for-7 seven seven today coming into the game for the New York Knicks. A lot went down, you know, and it's very essential for all of us to pay attention to these details because a lot of this is a part of what we will be witnessing in the new NBA for the coming days. But for now, I want you to step with me in the ISO zone. I'm going to put you directly in the paint. Stay updated on all NBA buzz, all NBA news. And stand by because this episode about to blow your fucking head off. Follow us on Instagram, ISO.zone. Follow us on Twitter, ISO underscore zone. And subscribe to the YouTube channel, ISO.zone. Just a disclaimer for all my diehard NBA fans, Kyle Lowry was actually playing from the Toronto Raptors from 2009 up until 2021, this very point. He played for nine years. He played previously for the Memphis Grizzlies and for the Houston Rockets, three years apiece. Just had to include that for y'all. Now remember, allegedly he was traded. This can be false. I'm, I'm, I'm putting the exclamation marks on this because I do not put out fake news. This can be false. I just want y'all to know. I don't think they're going to trade Kyle Lowry away for dirt like that. But like I said, we're going to cover this as if it was an actual topic because I want, I like this scenario. And if it was something like that to happen, this is how I see it playing out. Yeah, y'all with King Willow. You finna tap in. I'm finna break this down for y'all. February 25th has been amazing today. Everything we done witnessed. And I just want to start by talking about this trade that Toronto made with the Philadelphia 76ers to send Kyle Lowry to the Philadelphia 76ers for Danny Green, 
Tyrese Maxey, and uh, let's go back to the check. Danny Green, Tyrese Maxey. Who was that? Who else was giving up? Mike Scott and a 2023 projected first round pick. Now I want to talk about this. Why this is very, very important in the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia currently has no standard point guard. So if we could consider Ben Simmons a point guard, yeah. But at the end of the day, he can stretch all over the floor. Like he said, he can play one through five. I would say one through four. He can play one through four. But the addition of Kyle Laurie will allow them to stretch the ball so far across the court that every play that the Philadelphia Six, the Philadelphia 76ers run is going to be a run and gun play. It's going to start off with Kyle Lowry bringing up the ball or Ben Simmons. Now, traditionally, all, all defensive teams know to react to Philadelphia 76ers defense with, with Ben Simmons bringing up the ball or Seth Curry at this point. It all depends. With Kyle Lowry facilitating the, facilitating the, the ball, you know, coming in as point guard, that gives an opportunity for Ben Simmons to work on his outside shot and create opportunities for him to score in the paint as well as Joel Embiid. Now remember, like I said, when you're the point guard and you're facilitating, the defense is focused on you. So even if you are a scorer, nine times out of 10, your best bucket is gonna be off a slash or a pick or three-pointer. When Kyle Lowry's bringing that ball up and Ben Simmons set that pick, whoever's guarding Ben Simmons at the three or the four is not gonna be able to keep up with him. So that's an easy bucket each time down the stretch if they facilitate the play correctly. Now, with that being said, Kyle Lowry also is going to bring more three-point buckets into the game. Let's look at it this way. When Ben Simmons is bringing the ball up the court, he's coming up as a point guard. Now, any other defense, they could have their small forward step up to Ben Simmons and play that play that point and guard him at that point guard position for height. However, that would just leave opportunity for the next man in line, such as Seth Curry or Tobias Harris, which can both give you buckets. All Ben Simmons has to do is rotate the ball, and whoever hand it pretty much touches is an easy bucket because now you got you got a big point guard and you got a small point guard, both whom can stretch the floor. One can slash and dash, the other can shoot and give you buckets off the pick and pop. So I personally feel like this was a good move for, for Philly. But then on the back end, this gives opportunity for Fred Van Vliet to start. And they're going to have Tyrese Maxey coming off the bench. Now, I don't know how good this is going to be for Tyrese Maxey's career. You know, he's a rookie. So I feel like being around the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia 76ers would have gave him more insight on bettering his game. He was also there with uh, Seth Curry. He's going to be there with Fred Van Vliet now. Now, I haven't studied Fred Van Vliet enough to know his game. I do know that he got a scat, and I do know that he can move the ball. And his ball movement with his hands is, is amazing. You know, he, he's, a, he's a dribble guard. I'll say he's a dribble guard. Check his high school tapes. But... Toronto now has room for growth. So now they have a bunch of a bunch of middle-aged players. I won't say young, I'll say middle-aged, you know, 27, 28. And then they have a bunch of young players. You know, transitioning into the new NBA, you need your young players. The young players are what's gonna create the new game to come, to allow new teams to compete. 
So I feel like this is what Toronto is trying to prepare for. They know they got their ring with Kawhi. They know the East is stacked, and they know that they might not get another chance. The cons of this trade is that Philadelphia, I mean Toronto traded for Danny Green. Danny Green is not as productive as he once was. He can still score, yes, but in a given moment, depending on who's using him, I would say the Raptors have the most experience with that because that's when he was providing the most points in clutch situations. But he's not an efficient bucket as much as he used to be. So Toronto's next step with that player would be to move him and ship him around for another wing, preferably one that's more younger, that they that they can take their time with to grow. You know the same situation with Tyrese Maxey. You know it's amazing. You know I, I, I'm I'm gonna be patient and wait to see how that one play out. Um, I'm not too concerned, but it is something that. We may just get the chance to enjoy and see. So the Brooklyn Nets just went on an eight-game win streak. And I just want to know, like, how the fans like that one? Me being a New Yorker, that's fire. And the Knicks one today? Yo, that's fire. Like, I'm on the guard side with my Yankee cap, my Tim's on. Like, that ass. What up? Like, he just handled that. Body bag. Julius Randle, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Brooks, I think that's his name. I'm not too sure. I don't pay attention to that name. James Harden, Kyrie Irving. All of them got buckets today, and they all took a W. And I love it being a New Yorker. But I want to talk about how scary this eight-game win streak for Brooklyn is. Now, everybody's familiar with that saying, that saying, don't count your chickens before they hatch, right? We all know, besides Kevin Durant, that Kyrie Irving and James Harden, they are known for choking. I ain't trying to put no bad vibes. I ain't trying to put the bad energy in the air for my New Yorkers, for my fellow New Yorkers, because this is what we want. We want to see a championship come back to our city so we can have something to celebrate in the streets during COVID. You know, the police can't shut shit down when we outside. You know, when we outside, we outside. And that's just how it goes. But the scary thing about this is I don't want this team to get too head over, too in ahead over their heels. Yes, three all-stars, three-headed goal. It's like, how can they lose? If they lose, that's really, really crazy. And I don't think they would really lose. You know, I got faith in the Brooklyn Nets. But there's teams that's coming this year that did not come to play. And by time playoff time come, a lot of players are going to be prepared for this situation. A lot of players live for this, you know. And James Harden's been there. Yes, Kyrie Irving's been there. Most productive with LeBron James, let's not forget. James Harden's been most productive either by himself or in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's not forget. Kevin Durant is the only one that would manage, I personally feel, to prevail by himself. Or just be a, a lone wolf in, in, a, in the playoff time. To get buckets because he's, he's he's been there and he's performed. Even though it was on the Golden State Warriors with other players who could give you buckets, he still showed, like, yo, listen, I could give buckets. And it's, it's easy for me. It's effortless. And that's why I wouldn't worry too much about Kevin Durant. But the team overall, second in the East, they're literally one game under Philly. So let's say, for example, Philly was to lose tomorrow if they played and Brooklyn was to win tomorrow if they played, Brooklyn would be number one in the East. For them, I would be worried about the Knicks. 
I would be worried about the Bucks. I would be worried about the 76ers. And something is telling me to that they should be worried about the Miami Heat. Something is just telling me that because when Jimmy Butler goes into the playoffs, he, he, he becomes a whole different animal. And that's really fire because Jimmy Butler really get buckets. But anyway, the pro behind this is if they could come out of this first in the East and then go into the playoffs or come out, come back from all-star break and maintain this momentum going into the playoffs, the Brooklyn Nets won a championship. And we could all call it early. We could count our chickens before they hatch because we're able to see that they're able to stay consistent and maintain this momentum. We don't want to see nobody fall off, James Harden come next game or come back all-star break shooting four for 17 in three games, averaging 36 field goal from the field and 26 from the three-point line, shooting terribly. We don't want to see Kyrie Irving going to no shooting slumps, averaging three turnovers in the last five games, four turnovers because he want to dribble the ball like a crackhead. We don't want to see Kevin Durant getting injured. We don't want to see none of that. We want to see consistency. That's what we want to see from the Brooklyn Nets. And... If they can maintain that coming back from the all-star break, then we got what we've been asking for. I like this one. And I'm a, this is another one I'm a I'm a I'm a keep I'm a keep I'm gonna keep my focus on just because I wanna see what it could potentially become. And if Kevin Durant could bring a ring to New York, that's my nigga. Y'all know what was really crazy today though? Your man Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, the Australian black guy. Yo, bro, you can't be smoking what you smoking, bro. I can understand regular weed, but you can't be smoking what you smoking, bro. Ben Simmons said he was the best defender in the league. How can you say something like that? Like, I hope everybody else pay attention to stats the way I do because he ain't going to get away with that. We on his ass. Like, we, we on his ass, like, right now. So, anyway, in the last three games, Ben Simmons versus Toronto, this is just versus Toronto, had one steal and zero blocks versus Toronto. In the second game versus Toronto, he had zero steals. And one block. Remember, this is defense we talking about. I'm not talking about team defense. He is singling himself out as one of the best defenders in the league. You can't jack that if you coming in the game and you finishing with one steal and zero blocks. It's niggas finishing the game with two and two. Like, you can't hype yourself up that much. You good, but you can't hype yourself up that much. You great, as a matter of fact. I'll say that. You great. Versus Dallas tonight. Ben Simmons had two steals and one block. That is not best of best defender in the league numbers. Joel Embiid, if you want to be technical, is a better defender than you are. If you want to be technical. For the season, Ben Simmons is averaging two steals and one block for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Now, I know personally that that's not the highest average that we got in the NBA season right now. That is not the ha- highest average we got of blocks and steals per game for an individual player that we have in the season right now. Which makes his claim void. His claim has just been voided. His checking valid in the bank. He can't cash that check here today. He can't cash that check. I have more 
I have a better chance of you shooting 10 for 10 from the three-point line than you being the best defender in the NBA. Honestly. Rudy Gobert is having a better defensive defensive year than Ben Simmons is right now. Like, it's not even something to debate on. Like, as we know this, bro. So I'm pretty sure when he said that, like, most of the press just looked at him and was like, yeah, this is just another stupid opinion. Like, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they just skipped that question. Like, if they even forgot that he said that. But anyway, best luck's to Ben. That's a good guy. Ben is a good guy. Ben deserves to be the DPOI, I guess, in his eyes. So we're going to support him just because we support everybody in the NBA. That's what we do in the ISO zone. We support the players as fans because that's what we do. With more news, Derek Rose went 7 for 7 today. New York Nick, you know, he came out with his Tim's on. And let's not forget, they freed the Schmurder. So you know the Knicks had to go crazy today. You know the Nets had to go crazy today. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. You know the vibe. So it that what what has to be what's already said don't gotta be understood. He's making a statement right now. He ain't done. He ain't washed. Thank you, Timado, Timabo. Coach Timaboo, whatever your name is, for giving Derrick Rose a chance and reuniting that old bull squad, at least a part of it, because he's still a bucket and he will forever be a bucket. He came in and went seven for seven tonight. Julius Randle had a good game and Emmanuel quickly had a good game. Both of them scored 20 plus and I think Randle had about 14 rebounds. Good overall. Good shooting in the, from the field. You know, the team shot more than 50% from the field, which is very, very, very good for the Knicks because we all know the Knicks. They was never that, you know, we, they were just a bunch of hay, you know. Since Melo left, it's just a bunch of hay. Look at the Knicks. But they doing good, though. They found their way to, they six right now. They six right now. Record 16 and 17. They win percentages 0. 0.485. That's really, really good. They not far. They not too far from number four in the East. It's like if the Pacers was to lose two more games and the Knicks was to win one more game, they would be over Indy. But that means Toronto would also have to lose either two games or one game, if I'm not mistaken, because they're fifth in the league right now. I love what I saw from Derrick Rose today. It just made it. It, it made me feel. Like I was on the court with him. Like I passed him the ball, and every and every single one of those seven shots was an assist from me, King of the ISO. That was an assist from me. I passed him the ball. Fuck who was on the court. That was all me. I don't really care who was on the court. He know me. He got my number. Before we even started playing the game, he had hit me up like, "Yeah, I want you to pass me the ball." I said, "Alright, bro, I got you. You know the vibes. That's how we do it over here." But y'all want to thank y'all for tuning in to the ISO Zone podcast, the ISO pod. It's your boy, King Willow. Follow us on Instagram, ISO.Zone. Follow us on Twitter, ISO underscore zone. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I love all my fans, and I love everybody that support basketball. Everybody keep your head up through this tough time. COVID-19, it's a crisis. We be all right.